back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Suicide Squad by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And my name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And I'm Sydney. You can find me on Twitter at Wondersit. I'm also a contributor to the JLU podcast. And one last thing I'd like to plug is I've been editing articles for the people over at Comic Book Debate. Um, great group of people, great site. Uh, so I advise you to check them out. That's pretty cool. It's like, how do you how do you get into that? How do you become a journalist for like? Well, I'm I'm not I am not writing. I'm just being an editor. But I actually reached out to um, Shiraz, who's the the leader over there, and um, I just remember when the the website was first starting out. I just asked him if he needed any help, and so he let me on board. Oh, so. that's cool. That's I'm awesome. Hoping. It's like actually contributing to like just people's like fandoms and and actually having a hand in creating content that's cool that's awesome yeah it's a it's a passionate group of people it's, exactly. it's all pretty positive and the website's grown so much um so it's you know i'm really happy for shiraz and the whole team yeah absolutely there i think he wrote the article on superman being uh an immigrant and like mm-hmm. kind of like looking at man of steel in that sense he did that was a good yeah. one yeah As a, that's an Fantastic amazing article, article. if anyone Fantastic. hasn't read that it's like that is it that is he's got it he's figured it out so Mm -hmm. that is a great that's awesome that's really cool to hear guys should definitely check that out today we're talking about minute number 35 of suicide squad which is going to start with enchantress getting the jump on june moon and getting her to say enchantress and then (laughs) and then the minute's going to end with um it's going to end with her she, she enchantress teleports into amanda waller's closet and is <laughs> attempting to reach for something shoes yeah it's like we'll we'll, we'll find out more next week but it's it's Into her closet uh, trying to find out how she can be so fabulous she's snooping you <laughs> might have had something. She, she's in her closet looking for skeletons Ooh. Ooh. Oh, Nate. spooky it's, hot o- takes. it's october while we're recording this <laughs> spooky skeletons. there you go she's um getting ready for the the skeleton war um but uh yeah it's this is a big uh this is a big enchantress minute like this from from start to finish it's all about enchantress um and i don't think we actually got uh cindy your your snap take of the whole uh enchantress picture just as a whole cara delavine enchantress june moon um were you impressed by this in suicide squad were you were you happy with the portrayal oh Enchantress is, my perception for her is something that kind of changed a lot, but I guess I will say my initial reaction was very positive. But once again, seeing it on opening night, I think I was really taken with just the whole way that she looks. I thought the mm-hmm. design, you know, both as the spooky witch and kind of, you know, her full goddess mode later on, I thought those are both very cool. I thought that her mannerisms were cool. Like, I immediately, another thing that people started making fun of was her whole, like, um, what is it like her belly dance thing? Yeah, that didn't even register with me the first time I saw it. Weirdly enough, I just kind of figured she's doing some kind of arcane ritual. So there's like, I don't know. It, it seemed like it fit. It, it kind yeah. of surprised me when I I realized that that was something that a lot of people thought was pretty strange. Um, but I liked her appearance, and I guess I acknowledge that she wasn't a a very deep villain. And I think that's something I became more critical of as time went on. But just 
and this is kind of another thing about Venom, which I guess I'm going to keep plugging. It's, you know, she's not a deeper <laughs> complex villain, but a cool design aesthetic kind of goes a long way. Like the way that she moves and the way that she teleports and the special effects are all just, they're really unique. So, oh, yeah. So yeah, she, absolutely. She's, she's got an identity. Um, just the way it, you design in character. Yeah. It's like, it, it, it matters so much. Like whether it's Darth Vader or. Feora from Man of Steel. It's mm -hmm. like you design the characters and it just, you know, that's the first thing people are going to see and look at on the internet. It's like, oh, here's the first official image of this character. And it's like, okay, I'm sold. Like Enchantress looks, when you got like the Suicide Squad, like cast photo, you could be like, all right, I, I see, I see what's going on here. Um, and yeah, her, hers was one that stands out the most when they released that footage. It's like, she is straight out of a horror book, you know, like a, you know, yeah. it's terrifying. It's so. not, it, there's really no similarity to the comic book portrayal, but it's very unique. So I appreciate mm -hmm. what the designers in the film did. And um, as far as Carla Delevingne goes, um, I'll say Carla, Cara, uh, I mean, she didn't, it's one of those things where she didn't really have too much to do. I guess I was fine with her. Um, even if the performance was nothing special, I thought her mannerisms were really great. Once again, I, I guess I just liked the way that she moved. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, she kind of had that spooky monster going thing going on. And um, It's a new dance move. It's called. I never new really, dance moves. <laughs> I never paid attention to her motions as belly dancing. I, I thought um, she was possessed. I mean, and it's like, I, I, like, yeah. like, yeah, like, like twitching, just how yeah, like an like ancient Japanese ghost horror thing. Yeah, films. that's like, what I always thought, like, like the Japanese horror film well, style. Well, it's like... Uh, I mean, her mannerisms here in this scene, just the way that she moves, I think, say, like, kind of like the way I described Joker, very animalistic. But I, I, I guess the stuff like later on in the movie, mm -hmm. when she's doing that whole magic ritual thing, she's she does kind of some more like full body. Yeah. Shaken. Spasms. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people kind of made joked about that. And I was like, I didn't notice it until someone pointed it out to me. <laughs> I don't know. You're I think it's cool. I yeah, think... you get you go and find a crazy, scary witch doctor, and you tell me that they're not shaken. I won't believe you that you <laughs> yeah. saw a witch doctor. I'd be yeah. like, yeah, I don't <laughs> it's like, like that. No, it was probably just a guy in a costume. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I get what they're you, going for. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you I tell agree. me you saw someone that was getting possessed, and then they were doing black magic. Yeah, I believe you. Yeah, <laughs> I think we talked about this, and it was like magic being something that you say versus magic being something that's like conjured mm -hmm. it was because we were watching excalibur mm -hmm. as one does and it's like you were you were saying like he says the spells mm -hmm. and then there's like other books and and movies where they say well, it was spells. the same king arthur one it was excalibur i was comparing excalibur to that new um king arthur with um the ridley scott king guy arthur. no it was um, guy Ritchie. Guy yeah, Ritchie. Guy Ritchie. Yeah, not Kim. who did I say? <laughs> Ridley Scott's Guy, a different one. Ridley Scott. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, the Guy Ritchie one. Um, so like, in that whole magic, mm -hmm. like he did a wave of his hand, and like you saw CGI clouds and lightning bolts and things coming up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But Merlin in Excalibur just said like two lines of dialogue and some gibberish, and he's like, "Okay, now you can walk across the water." It's like, yeah, that's magic. I don't need you waving your hand and and clouds oh, you coming want that up. Way? Yeah, I want you to do your spell. Just like how, like a voodoo person would be like, blah, 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 blah. I'm gonna put this curse on you, and you're cursed. Yeah. You can't do anything See, I think about it. I don't the other want. Way. I don't want okay. clouds. But I, I want the enchantress dance. But I want like, um, I don't know. And like the Justice League Dark animated film, it's like they just do. Ha they have like these transmutation circles that just yeah 
pop up. I mean, I like that. I want that. That's cool. And like, you know, Dr. Fate is a good, a good example, yes, especially now. Yes. It, it's good. I like that a lot, but his, it's the hand motions it's that magic. work. It's magic. There's yeah. no right or wrong. There's not even <laughs> a realistic just, way to do real. it. <laughs> exactly. Um, it's like but I'm not her way of doing I, it is these, these crazy yeah. dance moves. Sure. Why not? <laughs> Yeah, I'm not to, saying yeah. it's bad that there's clouds of smoke to coexist magic. magic. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm down for any sort of magic. Yeah. But I thought it was cool that back in the early '80s, all you needed to do was say a couple weird gibberish lines, and someone's like, "Okay, that's a spell." Oh, so now we have works. to like go a little bit out and like show some CGI. Yeah, and and now like, she's got to say yeah. it backwards. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let's get Zatanna in these movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is. This is one of the main reasons Nathan likes this film is because it introduces magic. Mm-hmm. And it's like, now that we have it, we can just have characters just show go. up. Yeah. A char- like Xanadu could show up and you'd be like, I already know magic exists. Just mm-hmm. like you're in now. Like we don't have to explain it anymore. Oh, yeah. That, that's one of the things that I love, too. I'm just like, OK, you know, complaints aside, it establishes this part of yeah. the DC universe. And that's great. Yeah, like anything that's happened so far within any of the films, um, Ares, uh, Cyborg, you know, some human being made out of like a piece of machinery from another planet. It's like, listen, man, you guys can introduce whoever you want at this point because I don't know how we're going to stop you Mm because there's there's no way you don't you don't even have to explain Martian Manhunter because it's like, oh, you mean the other another alien? Just the planet next door has one. Okay, come on in. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, uh, I think it's we've we've reached a point with these DC Universe films where they shouldn't have to feel like they need to explain it. Like, just go with it, and mm-hmm. people will be like, "Yeah, this place is full of weirdos." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I love it that you know, and it's awesome. Um, this this scene with Enchantress, this is um, as we find out, this is the reason why. Uh, Rick Flagg is kind of hesitant on what to do with Enchantress and she kind of gets away with what she's about to do, which she she plagues him with like this kind of reality that might be of June Moon. No idea what's happening, but she is dying apparently or mm-hmm. is already dead. And it, oh, she said time of death, so yeah, yeah she died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never know. Enchantress, is, she's playing on Rick Flagg's fears that she'll be hurt. I mean, this is what... Um, Waller was threatening with him. So this mm-hmm. is just sort of making that explicit. Is it she's getting hurt because the Enchantress is not a part of her body anymore? Is that what this is? Like, hey, if you get rid of the Enchantress, June Moon's just going to die. I think that's... Because, yeah, um, Flag is aiming a gun at her right now, right? Mm-hmm. So he... Um, that's what she's telling him. She's like, I can hurt June Moon. Um, you know, if you kill... If you try to kill me, it would hurt her. Or mm-hmm. that, you know, Enchantress can do something to her to make her sick or ill or make her heart stop. Uh, yeah, because the the spirit would live on either way. There would be no like you can't you can't kill enchantress without destroying the heart. So it's like shooting does nothing. Mm-hmm. Like the heart is in the other room, right? So it's like I mean, you're powerless at this point. Right. Which right. again, it's like why are you allowed to sleep next to this person without like some protection on you i don't know who rick yeah, yeah i don't it's know it's just like you you're the not fact that amanda out, was man. like okay yeah you guys can be t- a couple together like well uh, it's uh. waller has something on enchantress the only reason that yeah. they can control her in the first place is because 
you know, she has the heart. She could blow it up at any moment. So I guess that's why mm-hmm. they figure she's safe anywhere else. You know, I, I guess our theory here is that um, because June and Rick are in a relationship, that kind of keeps June mentally stable. Yes. I, I think it's significant that Enchantress comes out at this moment while June is sleeping, and she seems really distressed while she's sleeping. So mm-hmm. there probably is a connection to um, Enchantress comes out more easily if June is distressed, which is just yeah. a theory because the movie doesn't really make that clear. Yeah. Um, but it probably fits. But do you think like Rick Flag had to go up to Amanda and be like, "Hey, so you got a you got a lock on her heart. Is it cool if I date this girl?" Like, <laughs> they had to have that conversation. He, Is um... <laughs> he probably didn't ask for permission, but Waller. <laughs> took advantage of it I, I, another thing i'm kind of confused about is at the beginning of the movie she seems to suggest this was kind of all according to plan mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I, I i think she took advantage of the fact that they were in a relationship or she actively encouraged it because she wanted something on rick yeah and it, I, to me it feels like she she planted this she wanted this to be a relationship um, yeah and so, uh yeah. This is all according to plan. She wanted Rick Flagg to lead the team, so she needed to find a way to compel him to do it. Mm-hmm. Now, with this night terror that he has, this vision of June Moon dying, did we did we decide like her cause of death? Are we saying that this was this is what Enchantress will do to June Moon, or if? If you go see my the government will yeah, harm if, yeah. June Moon. That's what I was thinking. Like if you stick to this plan of keeping Enchantress locked with Amanda Waller, like the end fate for June Moon will be death, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it I thought it was my first thoughts was uh Enchantress was kinda like trying to warn and sympathize Rick, but being like, Hey, if you keep Help going me. down this road, she's going to die. So let's steal this heart and not make her die. But in things. reality, she doesn't really care. Yeah, in reality, she doesn't care. She's probably like, okay, once you give me the heart, I'm done. Yeah. You know, June Moon's dead. Zombie army. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there's an idea. But once again, because we don't really know much about, like, Enchantress isn't really a developed character. We don't mm-hmm. know if what if that was a warning or, like you said, maybe just teasing him. That we know of yeah. <laughs> with this other version. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But it's uh, like, yeah, it's 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 hard to tell. Um and and I want to I want to be I want to you know I want to soak up more of what this relationship was supposed to be and 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 you know kind of really learn what these characters were but um, at the same time it's cool seeing it from who are actually supposed to be our protagonists which is Harley Quinn and um, Deadshot um, mm-hmm. so well, there's yeah, another thing it, too I think some of the structural problems of the movie stem from the fact that that Deadshot and Harley are clearly the, the central characters mm-hmm. of the film, and or they're the ones that the audience, I think, connects to more. Um, they certainly stand out more. But I always kind of felt that the Enchantress storyline actually makes more sense if you consider Waller and Rick the main characters. So there's kind of a disconnect there, because Rick and Waller have a connection to Enchantress that the rest of the squad doesn't really have. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it does kind of feel like the mission has nothing to do with them. So there's a disconnect. Um, but if you consider Rick the main character, then it falls into place a lot more. But I don't, which, I don't, I don't really think should. he's the main character. So yeah. you're right. But once again, that's where, that's where my issues come from. So I'm just like, yeah. okay, this is a little, bit, a little bit of a disconnect between stuff going on here. But um, 
we um we talked about this with Scott Corelli, but it was the idea that if the introduction for this movie was supposed to be all about June Moon becoming Her expedition possessed by yeah the expedition down there and being possessed by Enchantress, if that was supposed to be the big opening set piece for this film, there was there was talks between us that we were saying that maybe it was enchantress who is supposed to be the one that defied amanda waller like amanda waller has all these you know villains in her grasp and all that and it's enchantress is the one who breaks out of that and and the reason she becomes the villain is the more the most important part like you actually did what a lot of people cannot do which is you like outdid amanda waller and you Mm -hmm. freed yourself from the chains of society and government and how they keep they label you as a terrorist and they feed you into the machine kind of thing enchantress being this this spirit of nature she's not a product of society she's close to magic and 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 gods and monsters and stuff like that Hmm. her natural side of things she's able to break kind of like the imperialistic rule of like society and so it's Mm -hmm. like it was supposed to be something like you were meant to probably probably not be uh, a one-sided villain like you were probably more of a metaphor metaphorical villain um against someone who is clean cut amanda waller mm. like that is maybe something that that was supposed to be that was supposed to be more for that character but mm-hmm. yeah it's it's a it just seems like okay so does that mean your boyfriend's the main character now like <laughs> is that is that how we change this because um it's very confusing yeah well that sounds really good i don't think that though that there was any version of this story where she was a more complex villain i think it was always going to be about you know her just trying to become powerful again but i do agree that if they'd left in a lot of those scenes um kind of going into June's backstory a bit more, that would help a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and especially because this, this movie was based on an arc from the, the eighties comics, the ones written by John Ostrander. Mm -hmm. I remember um, bits about this arc. So, you know, Enchantress and her brother Incubus were villains um, in this one story and same thing. They're, they're pretty much just unambiguously evil spirit creatures in that too. So I can't see that there was ever anything deeper there. I can mm-hmm. just see how maybe they would flesh it out more. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, it's just really cool. Like it's, I think it's a very interesting character. Um, I would have, I'm always open to seeing more of this character in any way, whether it's, you know, maybe there's additional footage or like somehow they mm-hmm. want to, bring this character back to life uh, in a way that's interesting in, in future DC installments um, or just, you know, even if we don't stick on this character anymore, experience more of this magic side of DC and get like more into the supernatural part. Cause I think it's a, it's a good establishment. I think the foundation that um, suicide squad gave us is like, it's, it's an established form of magic that I'm okay with uh, exploring more of. I'm like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm sold, you know, mm-hmm. go for it. Well, um, actually, because I, I have an idea, and this isn't even like a theory. This is just same thing, just like an idea that I had that I think would be cool. But you know, we talked about in the last episode for a Suicide Squad sequel, how would Rick and June work? Like, if Enchantress is dead, June doesn't have powers anymore. But I mm-hmm. figured, um, 
in the same arc of the comics, uh, there was a character called Nightshade that was part of the main Suicide Squad mm-hmm. roster. And she had the ability to teleport. And I always kind of figured you could maybe combine the two characters. Like, if the, in the next movie, if they still wanted to have June Moon around and wanted to have some kind of magic character, yeah. you could probably just combine the characters, say that maybe June retained some of Enchantress's powers mm-hmm. or something like and that. And became Nightshade. Yeah, yeah right, it became Nightshade. You. I'm like, well, that works. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I buy it. <laughs> yeah, well, I was... Sold. Uh, yeah, but I just thought it was... Um, one kind of cool thing about this movie, too, was like the character Rick Flagg was really important in the original run of the comics, mm-hmm. and then he disappeared and was only recently brought back. But the thing is, the, the movie took a lot of inspiration from those older comics. So it's like, hey, Nightshade is a character you don't really see anymore, but she was a thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally open for that. I, I Like I said, I, I do want to see... Um, I'm open to any way that they want to continue on this character. And I think just like a little compromise like that, it's like something we can all go, okay, yeah, you know, makes sense. And I think there's, there shouldn't be uh, any, uh, I don't think any pushback on that. Like, oh, why would you show that character again? It's like, do you, do you not want to see this character more? Because I, <laughs> I think the more characters um, they add that are weird, it's like that's what Suicide Squad is all about. She's weird. It is a rotating character. cast. Yeah. That being said, yeah. for, for the movies, I mean, I would be completely cool with them bringing in like any number of obscure DC characters because I'm already a fan. Um, but it might be, the filmmakers might be reluctant to do that because you know, introducing so many random characters in the movie might be confusing for the audience. So, but I'm saying this would be an easy way of bringing back uh, an actress or a character that's already been seen. You know, they, they put her in, you know, a new outfit, but it would be maybe easier for the the audience to go with. Yeah, know. and it also <laughs> it also becomes a thing with, um, you know, act, actors and actresses. They're they're billing and. You know, am I just playing this super villain for one film or am, am I going to, you know, how long am I sticking with this franchise? I, you know, I'm trying to build my career here. It's like then those start becoming a thing. Agents get involved and it's like, OK, well, you know, we're going to have maybe a core Suicide Squad group, but we'll have like two characters rotate out and yeah. they can't, you know. Yeah, so con- those always become a thing. Yeah. So consistency is important. I mean, obviously bring in new people, but. You know, mm-hmm. Some kind of continuity is, you know, just makes it easier for everybody to get into. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so in in winning over Rick Flagg, um, kind of depowering him, she then teleports into Amanda's Amanda Waller's room. She's, you know, obviously sleeping. And pause. Pause. Do you think they're in the same hotel? Yeah. Yeah. You think because they were in the same meeting in Washington, you think it's safe to say that you're staying in the same hotel? Wait, so. is that Waller's hotel? I kind of. Or is it her house? Does Amanda Waller live in Washington? I would assume Amanda Waller lives in Washington. Yeah, she probably. Yeah, this, this is Amanda's house. Is there better? Is there better uh, interior? Welcome back to Interior Design Minute. <laughs> you got me, man. Is there better interior design than it would be in a a, a hotel? It's kind of dark. It's difficult to see. <laughs> That's These a, are the questions we should be asking. The, yeah, only, you're right. the only detail that I could really pick out is that Waller's clearly wearing her, her you know, flashy, casual 
pajamas or whatever. Maybe <laughs> if she Is were she traveling, I don't know. It's something like. Did she fall asleep just print. fully dressed? Or was it leopard print? <laughs> Oh, it is. Oh, I thought it was. For some reason, I was picturing like a red, very bougie, like like a like a pantsuit kind of like she just fell asleep in her clothes. No. But no, she's got like she's got those are pajamas. Amanda Waller just powers down and then powers back up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, th- this is her lounging around in her place with a glass of wine. Where? <laughs> yeah. What do you do for fun, Amanda Waller? What do you do when 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 you come home? You take your shoes off. What does Amanda Waller do? She just hangs out. Watches security footage of people getting beaten up. I don't know. <laughs> Watches Game of Thrones on repeat and just thinks about what Cersei Lannister would do. Calls them all pussies. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. She's like, I would have won this whole realm that five, one. Yeah, that's five that's years ago. The, those that's along the same lines. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's definitely her, it's got to be her where she lives because it's it's such a lived in environment. I never caught that before. I just, I, like, I guess I don't I, know why I even ask these questions, Mark. They're not, they're pointless questions. I'm sure You're opening people my don't eyes. care. Yeah, opening my eyes because I would have just been like, oh, she just went from through the wall. She just phased That's through. That's what I was thinking. Like, okay, yeah. she's phasing through like that. Is it, are they in this? I don't know. You know what it was? It was uh, Lois Lane's apartment that got me. What do you mean? Lois Lane's apartment is one of the most beautiful set pieces ever. Oh, yeah. Ever. It it's is like, nice. And it, <laughs> and it was just one of those things where it's like, oh, it's, I paid attention to Lois Lane's apartment. I need to pay attention to everybody else's apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Lois Lane's apartment needs a studio tour. It needs. To, I need to walk through yeah, that and be like, okay. I, there's I want those perfect eggs cooking on that pan. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is Waller's home. I mean, okay. I don't have any basis for that. It could be a hotel, but it's probably her home. We don't and see enough of it, admittedly. Home. There's yeah. no way. Okay. She sleeps with the, <laughs> she sleeps with the, the case to Enchantress's heart. It's on her bed. Um, and based on proximity, if she gets too close, the heart will auto detonate. Um, this is, uh, this is typical Amanda Waller stuff. This is, you know, how could, you know, what you wouldn't expect anything less from her. Um, but, uh, it, it seems like, uh, like, wow, there's no button. It's just, it's just typical Amanda Waller stuff, you know? That's what she was doing. She was she was sitting up with the case, gloating. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> over her can, victory over this powerful thing. Exactly, and she can gloat in her sleep because she can literally sleep peacefully, <laughs> and nothing can touch her. It's 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 such an amazing, typical Amanda Waller moment. It's like, yeah, it's exactly what she would be doing. You guys nailed it, um, and yeah, and then so what she does instead is I see. I don't know if she. I guess she has the power to sense things. She's not like Nightcrawler where he has to like know where things are before she teleports or line of sight. It's just like, I know because I have like an idea of people's minds like to know where you are kind of thing. And so I think she can probably sense what she's looking for now, which is not to kill Amanda Waller for something else. But I I guess she sensed her brother. Yeah, I mean, and it's like, if anything drew her in there, I mean, you're right. She could just be searching through her things methodically and happened to cross the little canister with Incubus inside. But I think it makes sense that <laughs> she's maybe. Like, oh, oh, what there are you, you doing are. in here? <laughs> but I think she was looking for it. Yeah, she's looking. Yeah, she, she after she yeah after she can't kill uh, Amanda Waller, she's like, you know what, I I can sense him. I'm I'm gonna go get this thing. And so it's it's interesting to try to think of like how magic is being used here like is she um just 
gifted with these kind of powers or is there some sort of um deity that like uh, grants like urge maybe she is like you know coming from this and so like you kind of think about like what the origin is for these kind of gods that um were here before mankind you know like when we talk about like the what is it called like the age of heroes in in like because now there's lore established in this dc oh, cinematic universe oh, right okay. yeah so, these things have been around but have sort mm-hmm. of been hiding out for a while yeah exactly so yeah. now there's a there's a whole past that we have to consider now there's greek gods in play um just all kinds of gods in this in this universe and it's like okay so you can literally you just have the power to teleport anywhere and it's like that's that's some godlike stuff you got there it's like it's in it's a pretty incredible um talent so uh, that's why it's so interesting to watch these films because it's it starts to get into this stuff and it's no more about um well not that it's no more about but it's like it's less of okay how do we explain things with like heroes being these vigilantes that are human but they do these kind of superhero feats and it's like what if we just had magic gods running around that we don't have to explain they're just here they can just say shazam and turn into some god and it's like that's cool and well, you don't even have to explain it. Yeah, yeah, well, it's just that they've been here all along. They're only just now revealing themselves. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah, think... it's doing that whole, like, um, you know, because we already have legends. Like, the Greek gods are a good one. You know, mm-hmm. these legends already exist. So all it takes is the explanation that, well, actually, they're real. And um, so it kind of... Uh, and I remember Zack Snyder talking about that, you know, about how these characters are very mythical. Mm-hmm. So... You know, even though that's really out there, even though it's magic, it still somehow fits in with the real world because we have these legends. Um, you know, there's there's already an explanation for these things. It just needs to be, um, you know, brought to the surface, brought to light. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> Nate, what you looking at? Are you studying something over there? I was trying to figure out... Um if she like you were talking about it before if she knew what she was looking for if she was just rummaging through random things then the (laughs) the thought popped in my head is it just a random closet that she teleports next into or is it amanda waller's safe room oh well she's keeping all of those like artifacts in there probably it's probably security it has to be like a like a hidden room that um I don't know. It just seems like she I'm I'm going along the lines of that she sensed incubus remains or whatever she finds in that area so she just went there i think the the main thing was like okay kill amanda waller take the heart nope can't do that find incubus yeah 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 and well it, she needs a- incubus to get her heart back um i think that's sort of the plan right don't they have to join they have to join together something or no if she Wonder got twins? the heart first does it does it matter about incubus <laughs> Well, she releases Incubus so that he can go off and cause chaos um, because she can't actively do anything against Waller mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. she literally is holding her heart in her hands. Um, so, yeah, she needs backup, and nobody else knows about Incubus except for her. So um, They just didn't, like, they have the idol, and they, they didn't think that... They, no one ever turned on MTV and heard the band. <laughs> so I, yeah, it. I kind of think that is. I, I, I'm, one detail I'm confused about is if Waller and the rest of them knew about... Incubus, Incubus? Or they just thought it was Enchantress. I like, bet you oh, Waller shit, knew. There's another one. <laughs> yeah. I bet you Waller knew. I don't, but that's again, that just goes back into my Amanda Waller knowledge that she knows everything. Maybe, but I would think if she knew about Incubus, then Incubus's little canister would be inside that briefcase too. 
And she wouldn't have access to. Yeah, because Enchantress safe. was able to get it really yeah. easily. Yeah. yeah. So she okay. couldn't have known. Yeah, she I, has no idea. Yeah, and it's it's just mm. a can of dirt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just another one. Yeah, just another um like gaffy stick. Yeah. But it's like yeah, it's a it's a very interesting. This is the turn. This is the this right here is kind of like the push that starts this whole plot line. Like mm-hmm. this scene right here is her looking for that which frees her, mm-hmm. and so this is the start of it. This is where Amanda. She doesn't go back to June anymore, right? She she dipped, didn't she? That was she, the last. Time that was the last time her and Flag were together until that very end, right? Yeah, that was it. Okay, now I'm now I'm peaceful. Last thing you remember yeah. is eating Popeyes with her. It wasn't Popeyes. <laughs> it was definitely not Pop. Popeyes is way better looking. Than that. <laughs> Tell them why you mad, Nate. Some kind of gourmet the, drumstick. <laughs> it looked like my mom packed the leftover drumstick and wrapped it in tin foil and gave it to him in a lunch bag. <laughs> is what it looked like. It looks raw. Yeah, <laughs> but anyways. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's just, this is it. This is where the downfall starts to happen for Amanda Waller mm-hmm. and where she will soon, hopefully, learn the error of her ways. <laughs> bad uh, chance. <laughs> bad well, chance. she has to. It's 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 why the Justice League ends up being a better uh, Virgin, idea right? than Suicide Squad because, you know, everybody in Justice League is working together because they like each other. It's cooperation rather than coercion. So, yeah, Amanda Waller knows everything. That's her character trait. But she can't actually possibly know everything because... Mm. She's got to lose sometimes. Just like Lex Luthor, his defining character trait is he's incredibly smart, but he still can't be able to or figure ba- everything out, yeah. or otherwise he would never lose. <laughs> or Batman. Or you Batman. Know, I'm okay. Yeah. I'm okay with him not knowing things now and then. It's like he doesn't have to know everything. Yeah. Uh, and so his I characters think, yeah. are gonna lose sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Right. They can't know everything. So, yeah. On that note, uh, you guys have anything else before we wrap up for the week? No, mm-hmm. sir. I think oh, that's all. Sydney. Thank you so much for joining us this week. It's been Thank an you. absolute blast. <laughs> Thank you for if having you guys, me. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. If you guys haven't heard yet, they have covered Wonder Woman by every scene on JL, the JLU, JLU podcast. podcast. <laughs> and they've also, you guys have also done Dawn of Justice and um, Suicide Squad. And I think you guys are starting Justice League soon. Justice League, um, yeah, a few episodes are out. Um, my, I came on for Wonder Woman, so the amazing... Um, Dawn of Justice and Suicide Squad uh, analysis was not me. <laughs> but um, yeah, we are getting into Justice League, um, which is a little tricky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even yeah. our very, very <laughs> Say no more. complicated yes. feelings on that movie. <laughs> but um, it's, yeah, but like, even still, like the Wonder Woman analysis, that was. You guys had like just you guys just have a lot of good input. You guys have a lot of uh, oh, like you. almost the same with you over at uh, Comic Book Debate and and JLU podcasts. There's a lot of passionate writers who are writing passionately, but at, at the same time, you guys are like giving a lot of information to analysis and uh, like all the objective things, things that go into like filmmaking and understanding these films and why people love them so much. It's, it's definitely something that I. I don't think anyone here has missed yet. I think if you haven't heard of JLU podcast, uh, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know how you found this podcast. <laughs> you guys should have been listening to that a long time ago. Um, but yeah, definitely check that out. It's 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 amazing stuff. Yeah, it's a, a lot of amazing people who are very um, passionate and you know they really love the the stuff they're talking about. It's cool. great to be involved, even in a small way. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. 
Uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap up over here, but if you enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at DCEU Minutes and the Facebook group, the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society. And don't forget, we also have some cool merch. If you're looking for some cool stuff with our logos on them, you can find that at tpublic.com slash user slash to old media. And uh, Nate, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on all social media at noclutchnate, tooldmedia.com. Um, and here in this room, man. Don't, don't give him my address. No. <laughs> you can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows, and we'll catch you guys next week for minutes number 36 through 40 of Suicide Squad. Bye, guys.